0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you today to chat with you a little bit about a case study of someone I know who was navigating the healthcare system. In the clinical world, people's stories and what they've been through uh, as clinicians, we refer to as case studies so that we can learn from someone's story and learn from their story and how to better treat someone in a similar situation the next time. It's meant for us to reflect on our practice in order to better serve the next patient. You know, we don't have to have it all figured out in one day, right? So uh, I think case studies in the clinical world are so important and so facilitating to someone's learning. And I think they're powerful. And I think just learning about learning about a story. So the the process of learning about learning about someone's story is so powerful, and can be so helpful in healing um, in our patient care experiences. I know for me, one of the reasons why I connect with certain artists and authors is because I connect with their story, I don't necessarily just connect with what they've put out, I connect with who they are. And when I better understand who someone is, then I better understand why they express the way they do. And it's the same thing in my clinical practice. And while this takes time to develop, it really is so um, fundamental to my care practices, and so this person, this acquaintance of mine was agreeable for me to share the story. Um, so instead of having her on, she was agreeable to me sharing her story in hopes that as healthcare providers, we could reflect and learn from it. And basically, what had happened was um, she herself uh, was dealing with recurring urinary tract infections. And they, you know, they would treat it with an antibiotic, the physician would treat it with an antibiotic, and then it would come back. And so she had been back and forth two or three times, this time, same thing. So she she reached out to her family physician, as she always had done. And this time, the physician was more hesitant to prescribe an antibiotic, understandably, right, but didn't really offer any other solution, just rather explain why they were why they were hesitant. And then also, Speculated maybe it was due to hormonal changes um and instead offered an intervention for an overactive bladder. So medicine for that. So with the encouragement of my acquaintance, she had asked for blood work and a urine wreck again, and the family physician was agreeable to that. So that's something to to keep in mind, okay? So the patient's asking for the diagnostics to kind of validate the clinician's hypothesis, basically. So at this point is when uh, my acquaintance reached out to me and said, Jen, like, I don't know, this seems kind of bizarre to me, what should I do? I don't agree with this diagnosis. I think I have a UTI that's not resolved. And I know my body and I know my symptoms. And you know, I'm just not being heard, essentially, is what what was said. And so I thought, well, good for you for getting the the, the diagnostics and for encouraging that. Um, I said, I would do those, that would be the next step. Like, what's the next step? Let's do that first. Let's do the diagnostics. But while you're at it, there's two things I want you to do. When you get your diagnostics at the lab, first ask for your data. In other words, when your results come in, ask that you have access to your results. So some labs will have like an app built in that you can download and then they just upload your your um, results to the app. So that way you can access them or maybe they email them to you. I'm not sure. Um, but she was like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. So I'll do that. Um, that way, once you have the results, you can touch base with your physician again. And then second, um, the other thing I said was if there's a clinic nearby in that area or in that same Uh, plaza, then go to the clinic and speak to another physician. Yes, you're gonna have to share your story again. Yes, they have no history of you whatsoever. But you are articulate, you can share your story, you know exactly what you've been through. And while when I suggested this, they were like, Oh, I really don't want to do this. Like they were so annoyed by this situation. I can't even tell you just so irritated because a had to take time off work. Okay super stressful, had a lot of things to do. And then this comes up and what should have been resolved through a telehealth consult with a family physician should have been kind of quick in a way, Uh, maybe resolved in an hour at most ended up now being a four hour process when you think about it. So uh, you can imagine the stress, okay, and this is just an acute situation, right? This isn't someone who has necessarily had chronic issues. This is a straightforward acute situation, in my opinion. So they reached out, said, Yeah, there's actually a clinic here. So I said, You should go. Okay, if I were you, you would you know, I would go. That's what I would do. I would go and I would explain. And then they can they can maybe assess your urine on the spot and see if there is in fact a UTI or not. And then you'll feel better about your physician's diagnosis, right? So they were like, Okay, so they were irritated by it, but then they did it. <laughs> um, because it is irritating. It's it's a lot of time wasted. And people I'm telling you just don't have time right now. So anyways, they went to the clinic doctor explained everything the clinic doctor did a urinalysis right away. Um, and it did come back positive for infection, like very clearly. So they offered another they recommended I shouldn't say offered. they recommended another antibiotic, a different one than than she had had previously. And that was it. Boom, done. Okay. (laughs) Like, that was the situation. So so um, we we talked about it afterward. And they were like, I don't know why I don't feel better. Like, I should be relieved by this. But I think I'm just so annoyed that I had to go through all of this, um, when it should have been, like, just straightforward, in a way, or taken less time. And all I did was listen. And I empathized you know, I know what that's like when I was a caregiver to my dad, and having to navigate the system as a healthcare professional too, myself. um, And and then as a caregiver, having to navigate the system was brutal. It was the worst part of caregiving. Okay, and it adds stress, and it adds anguish. And it creates a barrier there where patients or clients are reluctant to, to um, reach out again, if they're in need. Okay, so you have to think about this um, as a clinician that our role is not just to provide care, or what I should say is that part of providing care is seeing the big picture and helping people navigate through one of the biggest complaints that I hear about from people especially who have chronic health issues, whether it's caregivers or clients or patients, is that they have to tell their story over and over and they get so tired of repeating the same, their same story. And I know that's frustrating and, and I can hear it oftentimes in people's voices when they have to share and, and their hesitancy sometimes when I am when I'm having a conversation with them. But for me as a clinician, it's so important for me to hear it from the voice of my patient, their story. Okay. And, it you know, in my opinion, there's no other alternative. There really isn't. I think that something that I might pick up might not be something that somebody else picks up. That's another thing. Okay. And I also think that when things are all written on paper, and it's all in the chart, let's say, I feel like things get overlooked quite easily. So it in my opinion, it's so important to hear their story. And I think it's really powerful if you can empathize with them during that time. um, Because it is frustrating um, to start from a blank slate again with a new provider and have to reveal your story over and over again and repeat it sometimes. Um, But in my opinion, it's the most helpful piece. I've had so many moments now in my practice where I haven't even had to lay a finger on a patient. And right away, I could tell kind of how the course was going to go. Okay, without even having to touch them. And that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing, in my opinion, because it just shows the power of listening. It shows the power of communication and connection. And that's one of the the first lessons from this story is listening to the full story. Okay, so uh, the family physician knew this patient's background story. I could understand their clinical reasoning, okay, and so could the patient. But the patient was really not convinced that that like they were not convinced that that was the issue. And there just wasn't an opportunity to talk about that, right? There just wasn't an opportunity there. So what how that how that left was, they were just going to get diagnostics done. My question there is had, had my acquaintance not went to the clinic, and would have just went home, who knows when these diagnostic results would have come in, that they would have been in agony and pain. Okay, so that's the second point is you have to treat the acuity, okay, of the situation, but you have to listen for it too. Okay, so that goes back to step one. So you're listening for what what's really concerning them right now, like what is their primary matter right now that they need you to address. And um, the pain was the biggest issue, the sleepless nights were the biggest issue. Like how much longer could this person deal with us, right? And again, this isn't somebody who's often going to the physician, right, they're trying to deal with it on their own, they finally have reached a point where they can't deal with it anymore, they know something's not right, they go to their physician, and the physician's kind of telling them that, no, there is nothing really going on, that you just might have an overactive bladder, try this, and then we'll go from there. Um, But there's so much time that elapses in between, that anything could happen right? So that follow up, which is the third point is so important. So the physician kind of left it at do the diagnostics, but did not give an idea of timeframe. Okay, which is why I had recommended to my acquaintance to have their lab data sent to them as well so that they knew when that data was coming in when the results were in. Sometimes we think that no news is good news. But if that would and i'm not saying that would have been the case but it could be the case in some in some people's instances where people don't follow up and then they're dealing with the agony they think everything is then fine so they take matters into their own hands or they start to psycho to be more psychosomatic about it they start to internalize the pain and think it's their fault so we have to be more proactive and set an expectation there that we can meet when it comes to a follow up so one of the things that i think is helpful too is you know we don't really know when the diagnostics going to come in but i'll call you once it comes in. Or if you don't hear from me by this time, you call me. Okay, I think that's really powerful too to give the patient the opportunity to reach out as well and to invite them to do that. Okay, so that's the third point, the third lesson that I've learned from this story. And finally, the fourth lesson I've learned, and I kind of mentioned this already was empowering patients to access their own data. Okay, empowering them to do that. Um, you know, the fact that I had said to my acquaintance, "Like, go to the clinic." Yes, you're gonna have to tell your story again. But you know, if you're really unsatisfied and you're really, in, you know, you're really in pain and you need this managed right now, like I would go to the clinic and get get the UTI ruled out um, because it's something that can be right away. But had I not mentioned that, I don't know if she would have done that. I don't think she would have, right? Because she had already seen the doctor. And I'm not saying like, in a traditional sense, people take the the doctor's word, you know, as as biblical, right? Like, you know, so the doctor said, so there is no other, there is no other alternative. But when you have that voice that's saying, "Mm, I don't think that's right, like, I I know my body, That's, that's, I don't think that's right, then you as a patient, as a client, need to take that accountability and be empowered in such a way that you then follow up with the next provider who will listen and it's okay to go to another doctor. You know, we can't do it all alone, guys. This is what I'm trying to say. This is what I've been saying this whole time when it comes to healthcare providers is that we are not the end all be all. Okay, we we miss things. It's hard. You know, it's hard. We, we, are, we get overwhelmed. We have a big caseload. It's hard to provide excellent and great care when there's so many other demands going on that we have to meet as well. It, it does, it gets overwhelming. And we cannot do it. We can not do it alone. We need the empowerment of our patients. We need them to be involved. We want them to be involved. We should be encouraging them to be involved. We want, you know, the encouragement and the collaboration of other clinicians. Okay. So, my understanding also, um, because what, one of the things I had said was, well, now the clinic can then relay the information to your family physician and update them sooner than later. Um, You know, even maybe before the diagnostics come in, then they said there, you know, and my acquaintance had said, well, there's no connection there, they don't actually transfer the information over, even with my permission. And I thought that was interesting. Why aren't we doing that? (laughs) Like that, that's part of the circle of care, I thought. So I don't know if that's just in that particular situation. But if that's a general issue in the private space, because I work in hospital, but if in private practice, that's typical, I'm pretty surprised because an emergency room visit, you would, you would send the information to the family physician. So I'm not sure why in a clinical, um, in a private clinic setting, why you wouldn't, or in a walk-in clinic setting, why you wouldn't. So it might just be unique to that establishment. But either way, that would make a huge difference, and again, creating a collaborative approach to care uh, that is so desperately needed in healthcare right now. So this is what I've learned from this person's story, and I and I hope that um, I hope that it's helped you because. one of the things that I'm so passionate about as a clinician is the advocacy of our patients. And when patients see us advocating for their care, then they become more empowered to advocate for their care. Um, And they don't see themselves as separate. They don't see it as unilateral, they see it as a reciprocal approach. So they're a part of it. And we are a part of it. And it's open and it's collaborative and it's ongoing if it needs to be. So if you have anything you'd like to add to this story or something you've learned or you've taken away, perhaps it's helped you to reflect on your practice. Um, like I said, this person gave me permission to share their story. You know, I've had I've had uh, patients on this podcast share their journey through the healthcare system. And I just want you guys to know as healthcare providers that you are so much more than what you know from a knowledge standpoint. It's all about how much you care and how you bring that into full circle in the presence of your patient. And if there's one thing you could do that won't take too much of your time, One of those things is helping someone navigate the system. I'm telling you, it'll go such a long way, not only in their own journey, but also in their healing as well and in your fulfillment as a provider. Okay, so if you have any feedback, if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, my handles at best obsessed with Jen, I hope you've enjoyed this story. I hope you've learned from it. And I'm sure you could relate to it on some level. And I I want you to know that I know that we are all doing our best and that when we get through each and every day that it's a success right now, especially with the pandemic. And that's why I think it's important that we take these experiences, and we learn from them and we share them and we talk about them. And we just try to fill these gaps in wherever we can to create a more wholesome healthcare system that's sustainable for everybody. Until we chat next time, remember to stay well, and to stay happy.